I've known Bob Ramsey for a long time. In fact, he probably doesn't remember this, and I don't know if we've talked about it. In the summer of 1989, I was an intern at KPLR Channel 11, but I was in the sports promotions department, not in the actual news side of the building. But Bob Ramsey and Rich Gould were the sports guys at Channel 11. And the only interaction I really had, my, my internship was different. Well, we had a softball game one time at Forest Park, and you know, I was terrible. But I remember getting a base hit, and I put like a flap down, like Jeffrey Leonard or something, and Rammer yelled, who's this kid think he is, Daryl Strawberry? So we go way back, even if he doesn't know that or remember that. But I've never had Rammer on the podcast. This particular episode, the Kilcoin Conversation, is not about this year's SLU team or anything other than Rammer's career about the 10. And again, it's not just about his career, but it's about the top 10 Billikens during his SLU time. And this is a guy who came in. Now, I know you all know that Rammer has been the voice of the Billikens for a long time. But he came in when Rich Grauer was there, which gave way to the Charlie Spoonhour era. Then you had Romar, Soderberg, Majerus, Jim Cruz, and of course now Travis Ford. But the assignment I gave Rammer, who loves to qualify, he should have been a lawyer. Now hold on. Are we talking about da da da? He's great at qualifying and uh, making it very clear. What were the parameters, Martin? What were the guidelines? But he took the task of coming up with his top 10 slew players that he's ever witnessed. Not historical, not going back to Ed McCauley, not all time. Um, but, and our buddy Joe Wiley, Lou McKinney, all these great Billiken players, they don't qualify here because it's only during the Bob Ramsey tenure. Top 10 all time. And uh, it was fun to just kind of rattle off these names and go back and forth. A couple of honorable mentions mixed in as well. It's Bob Ramsey, the Kill Quinn Conversation, coming to you. From the Pasta House Studios, you've heard me talk about the Pasta House. If you haven't been in a while, time to get back and enjoy those daily fresh ingredients. Kids eat free on Sundays. You can go in and just have a Pasta House salad, and you'd be satisfied. Just get the cheese bread. You'd be happy. Pasta con broccoli. Everything they do, made fresh daily, and you can taste the difference. Families on the go during the week, sports activities. Get the meals to go. It will feed the whole family. Check them out the Pasta House, 18 area locations. Longtime sponsors include Triad Bank, Marie de Villa Senior Living, B&G Tuck Pointing, and of course, Appliance Discounters. If you're in the market for a new washer, dryer, stove, refrigerator, you name it, get online at theappliancediscounters.com. Look for those general electric rebates. It's pretty simple. Biggest names, lowest prices. That's what Appliance Discounters is all about. They've got to be coming up on 15 years now since it all started with the one location. Now they're all around the St. Louis area, saving you money on your appliance purchases. Theappliancediscounters.com, where their savings are your savings. Marie DeVilla, Senior Living, corner of Clayton and Wideman Road. Beautiful facility. Been there since 1960. Take a virtual tour at mariedevilla.com. And Triad Bank, neighborhood-friendly bank. They've been around since 2005. Started in St. Louis, based here. Second location now on Olive, just west of 270. On the web, triadbanking.com. I encourage business owners to talk to Jim Regnant and the team over there because all of the decisions are made here in St. Louis. They can help you get things done. And B&G Tuck Pointing, the best in the bricks. If you have a brick home, 
place of business, garage, chimney. Get the tuck pointing done and make it look new again. They also do waterproofing, foundation repair, the best in the bricks. BGTuckPointing.com. And now the KillCoin conversation with Bob Ramsey, longtime voice of the St. Louis U. Billikens. Rammer is here, and I was going to wear my referee jersey just to get them all fired up. But the focus here, this is not about this year's team, but I wanted to talk about the top Billikens in your time. First, you don't go back to Ron Ecker. No. You, did you come in with Grauer? Just after uh, 86. I came in with Bonner. Okay. So third, this is my third. Part of that same recruiting class. <laughs> it was. I was a little under the radar. <laughs> Not as publicized. Rammer arrived right. with Bonner. Um, is there even a fair way? I mean, if let's start with the top five Billikens. Not all time, but in your era, which is a lot of years now. And then maybe we can come up with the five we forgot, and maybe some that you're sleeping on. Well, I, I came up with ten, but um, criteria loopholes helps out a great deal. Okay. For instance, so I only have ten. We only have ten slots. I saved one of those slots by saying um, current players not eligible. So, Yuri, come back next year. And Uriel will take somebody's place. That's a great point. I should have said not including current players. Yeah, so I did. So Uri's out, so that saved me a slot. So here I think the two mortal locks are Anthony Bonner and Larry Hughes. Those are two. So we got eight guys left. Okay, I quit. That's all I got. Did did you come in? Was Monroe Douglas and Roland Gray, was that right when you got Right after you got They were sophomores. Okay, Okay. So, and you can sort of break it down in eras. You got Bonner, Greg Douglas. You got Claggett, Highmark, Waldman with Spoon and Larry, and then you got Lish and Liddell um, with Brad, and then you got that Majerus group that was fantastic, and then you got Travis's group with Javon Bess and Hassan French and Jordan Goodwin and Yuri Collins. So you can see, I think I've probably named 15, 16 right. guys. And it gets tricky too because Jordan Goodwin was a great Billiken. But now do we look back, wow, he's in the NBA. It can't include post-slew success, I think. You well, know what I'm saying? Because that Goodwin resume looks even better now that he's making it at the NBA level. But I guess that's not on the table. I think it is okay. when I, cause, because some people that I really like are not going to make the list, and I'm going to have to defend myself okay. thanks to you. <laughs> so the, He's in the NBA. Right. So, so yeah. Okay, so, so there you go. So, so Goodwin's on. You already okay. called that one. Okay. So we're at three now. So we're pretty current with Goodwin. We go all the way back, Bonner. Let me just ask some questions about these names, too. How dominant, for those who didn't see it, was Anthony Bonner? I mean, we see him now. He's still imposing. He looks like he could have been a defensive end in the NFL. And I know he played at the NBA at a, at a high level. How dominant was he in those years? He really was at six seven. That um, he was uh, he was too quick and athletic to be guarded by a, a five man, and he was too strong for most four men. Um, he wasn't a great shooter, but he got to the rim with heart, desire, toughness. Um, he wasn't. He didn't even really have great hands, but he did it on desire, and he was so relentless that. He was virtually unstoppable. So Bonner's still up there, right? Is he still the leading scorer? I should know this. Yeah. I think he is. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, we mentioned Larry Hughes. Only one year, however, such a brilliant year. And then what he did after it. I mean, it's a magical name in Billiken history. There, there's no doubt about it. He's he's the most talented guy that's, that's ever played at SLU. Now, you could also, if you were looking for ways to 
call guys out of the group. You say, well, you had guys that have played four years. That would take a few good guys out, but you're going to do that. But you'd have the the Larry exception. Right. Um, so so Hughes is in. That that's a lock. He's talent wise clearly the best that's ever played in my 37 years. And they don't go to the tournament that year without him. Oh I my mean, gosh, no. That was all about Larry and beat UMass and and you know what? It was a really good recruiting class that played in around him. Had he stayed another year, he would have played with another name we'll have to debate, Justin Love. Can you imagine those two together with Bonyak and Tatum and Heinrich and those guys who were, you know, um, they weren't just plumbers, um, but they were nice local guys that came in and, and, and played terrific roles. Troy Robertson. Um, oh, he's going to be mad as hell he didn't make the top ten. Well, well, we I haven't I, gotten there well, yet. I'm sorry. Take the, Keep listening, Troy. <laughs> Ed Lochtefeld, you guys are on my uh, also-mentioned list. All right, so we're at three right now, and I want to break down a few other things, but give me a couple more. So you would mentioned all-time leading score. I think one of the easy things is, because they were great players too, is go down that list, those next four guys, and that's Douglas, Gray, Highmark, and Claggett. Those four undeniable, and anybody who wanted to debate it, I'd just say, look at the all-time scoring list. All of them are more than just scorers great shooters, whatever. But I think to say, to argue that somehow those guys don't belong would be a waste of time. So they belong. So now we're at six? I think that's seven, right? Seven. Because we did Bonner, Hughes, Jordan Goodwin. We, we reminded folks he got in on the list. Oh, that's right. And then we went with the four from the scoring with Gray, Douglas, Claggett, Highmark. So we're at seven right now. But let me step back then okay. with Gray and Douglas – that's before SLU had a national profile, but to get to the NIT finals twice, right? Twice. And what, won the famous game at the pit? Yep. Was that, how much fun was that to kind of get SLU maybe to, not the ultimate level, but to a different level? Um, I had some good fortune coming back to St. Louis. I'd been doing play-by-play at Louisiana Tech when Carl Malone was there. So I come back and... I started covering, working at Channel 11, started covering um, the Billikens every day. And the, my news director goes, what are, you, what are you doing? Nobody cares about St. Louis U. And I said, <clears throat> I said, they're going to. Rich Grower is going to get really get this thing going. And at the same time, because I was there all the time doing stories, and I said, hey, if the radio job ever comes open, I'd like you to consider me. Well, it came open the very next year, and I got it. I don't know if there were any other candidates. That's beside the point. Who did Billiken basketball before you? I'm trying Charlie to... Slows. Okay. Who's had a long career in the NBA and Major League Baseball. Okay. And uh, so I, I got the opportunity, but I'd, I saw Gray and Douglas. I'd seen great players. I, Bonner was coming in, so we knew that, or I knew that it was on the right track. That had to be a hell of a lot of fun, though, to be at Madison Square Garden, right? It was. It, it, it was. It was mind-boggling. It was really cool. What I loved about it was, oh, the NIT. It's not as big a deal, granted, but the NIT makes the participants feel like it's the biggest deal in the world. The NIT has always done a great job with that. So Gray and Douglas for sure, and then we go into that Spoon era, uh, Claggett, Highmark. I don't know, and I wasn't there. I was watching them from afar. How are there enough basketballs? I mean, those guys, I, rumor has it they could pass. Great story. <laughs> H. Waldman, who just, who you can see on my yeah, almost list. Okay. H. Waldman, an unbelievable point guard. The best until Yuri came along. Uh, great story. Coaches said because Waldman could really shoot. 
And they say, hey, we need you to shoot more. And he goes, okay, do you think those other two guys can handle not getting the ball? He goes, my job is to make the team better. I could score more points. He probably could have scored 20 points a game. But being involved and getting Claggett and Highmark involved was the right thing. That's how smart he was. He realized, he looked around and said, this is how I best function and make this team great. Were there nights when Claggett was red hot and there were nights when Highmark, or did they both kind of do their part every night? Or were there certain nights where one guy got fed more than the other? It was so rare for it to be. And sometimes teams would try and take one guy or the other away, and it just didn't work out very well. Once Waldman came and Donnie Dobbs and once everybody figured out, hey, here's what we're doing, here's how we win, um, it, w- it was pretty hard to beat. Now, I love Scotty, but I always say defense was merely a rumor. Now, is that is that true or not? Um, and how did Spoon put up? Because Spoon loved defense. He had, was he all over these guys? He had Well, he knew what he had with them offensively, and, and he t- Scott tells it all the time, you better, you got to score. If you don't, I can't play you. Right. <laughs> like a plus minus. Right, that's exactly right. So, you know, 1,800 points later or whatever it is, he did okay. What would that team have been like with a true big man? I mean, wasn't Donnie Dobbs was what, 6'4", maybe? Uh, more like 6'2 or 3. Right. Yeah, with, with, with a real big man or even, you know, an undersized big guy like Anthony Bonner. Had that mixed in, all of a sudden you've probably got a sweet 16 team. How about the spoon era, the arena, full house? I mean, the spoons are never was yard, the plastic spoons all around town. What was that phenomenon like? It was so fun, and I'll never forget one of my all-time favorite Billiken moments is the day that they had to hold the game up for 20 minutes because the crowd couldn't get in. It was too big. I'm sitting there with my partner, Earl Austin, and we, why is the game? Why? And we look up. For those who don't remember, for Billiken games, at the very up top, at the ends, they would put blue tarps over the seat so it didn't look so empty. Well, we're looking, game time has passed, we're looking up, the ushers are taking the tarps off. The building was completely sold out and uh, Spoonball was in the leaders of attendance for you know three, four years in a row. It was really marvelous. Was it fun just shooting the shit with him and just sitting around in his office? Well, um, Spoon's a really special guy to me. Um, uh, not only a mentor, but a friend. And I mean both of those sincerely. Um, we became very close. He meant a lot to me and um, really was a little bit of a life coach to me, too. I, I just, I really love Charlie. And so you could sit and talk and just hang yeah. out? Yeah. Not just basketball? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, No, he was, in fact, it was more fun not talking basketball. Yeah. We, he and I would talk Cardinal baseball and movies and all that kind of stuff. My only hang up with him it's the fact that he loved Bob Huggins. I could never get over that. I... It was, and and when those guys would get together, it was really strange. It was like I kind of called it like Wyatt Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday, and but they found a connection. And at the end of Charlie's life, Huggins was key in getting him into the Duke Medical Center. And uh, I sort of not that I ever had any issues with Huggins in real life, but like you, oh, Huggins, he was the evil guy, and. Um, we got together years later and, and sort of ma- I mended fences with him. He didn't even know there were fences broken. Right. And uh, uh, because both of us knew how much Spoon meant to the other. Okay, so our seven, so I'm, just, I'm not looking at your list. Okay. You had Roland Gray, Monroe Douglas. We had Larry Hughes, Anthony Bonner, Highmark, Claggett, Jordan Goodman. That's seven right there. 
And what I'm wondering, when you get into the Majerus Cruise teams, it's tricky, too, because they were so balanced, you know? like That's the key. And, I, and I'm like, Larry was the star, there's no doubt. And then those, and then Jordan Jet was great. Well, Quamaine Mitchell was really good. Dwayne Evans was really good. How do you so take it from here? What are your three? Here, here was here was my hard hard part on that one. I only took one, only took one off that Majerus group. You say, well, how can you do that? They were all great. They were all great, um, and they and their sacrifice for the team hurt them on your list. See, I'm calling it your list, right. so people can get mad. Okay, at that's you. your out. When you're that's at my out. when you're at the Lorenzini Lounge, hey Rammer, how could you? You and Kilborn, uh, Yammer, you forgot so and so. We didn't forget Marty cut him. Yes. Um, no. So, so, but what I did so the one guy that was there for four years and was a key guy all four. Conklin. Dwayne no. Evans. Dwayne Evans. Yeah. He started. And played the f- undersized four, and he was a three-man, an athletic three-man who could rebound. Jet grew into the role of being a great player. Mitchell lost a year along the way. And so that's how I've sort of manipulated what happened, that Dwayne Evans sort of represents the greatness of that group. Okay. So now we're at eight. You mentioned earlier, we just sort of mentioned the names Lish Liddell, and it's hard to, I, I have a hard time separating one from the other. So either they both make it or neither makes it. Or I'm wrong. Wrong. Okay. I had I had to split the difference, and the difference is I think Kevin – I don't think Kevin Lish is one of the all-time great defenders in Billiken basketball history. That plus his consistency. Tommy was a little more inconsistent. In the end, his point total, he scored over 1,500 points and was great. But – wasn't necessarily a great defender. He had one great shooting year where he shot like 46% from three-point range. But that was like an outlier. It was crazy. But Lish's consistency, his toughness, and his defense puts him on. Okay, so now we're at nine. And i, I got to make sure I'm not, so not current players. Going back, we mentioned the Spoonball era. We mentioned those Grower teams that were good. We got the obvious with Bonner and Hughes. So can you give me an era here? Is this, is it still a spoon player, or are we into the Majerus? All right. He was recruited by Spoon, but didn't get to play for him. Okay. So played for Soderberg. Played for Romar. Romar. Okay. Oh, okay. And was part of the, uh, oh, the Miracle in Memphis yeah, team. Okay. Okay. And not just in love, or it is no. Yeah, whole okay. lot of love in the room. Yeah. Who. Great who had a bad back his his first year, hampered him a little bit, but you could see it coming. And then when he was a senior, he was great. And I go back to if Larry would have stayed one more year, he would have played wow. with Justin Love. And now you're talking about, again, no offense to the other guys with Larry, not, not Ham and Eggers, not blue-collar guys, but now you got two elite guards. And it would have been something to see. And Love was dynamic. He could attack the rim, a great athlete, and an unbelievable shooter. And played two years? Is that right? Two years here. Okay. So we've got our 10. It's a great 10. Bob's 10, not Martin's 10. (laughs) No, it's a great list, and it's fun to talk about all these different names. Who are a couple, not current players, but just a couple, because Yuri obviously is in the 10, that are we almost made it or we sort of slept on or forgot? Well, we talked about it. Jordan Jett probably. Jordan Jett's one of them. Kwame Mitchell's the other one. Javon Bess, who was really kind of got things started for Travis Ford. Um, 
Tommy Liddell, we already mentioned. And then the other one I think that, that um, was missing is Hassan French. And then you mentioned Brian Conklin. Conklin kind of grew into his role and became a key leader and uh, not just emotionally, but what he did on the court as a senior. But French was dynamic all the way through. He just misses. Yeah, and I think Conklin, what I remember is he was sort of that first Majerus piece, I think. Yeah. Right? Him and Mitchell, I guess, together. That's right. And I remember, I think when they lost, he was crying because it meant so much to him to kind of help this group get over the hump. Well, it, it really was, and he was the kind of guy that that uh, Majerus made into a great player. So this is a great list. Bob's no fun to talk about, fun to think about, and we could update it in a couple of years. Think you'll be doing this for a while? You're youthful. You are still. I hope so. You are still the Bill Paxson doppelganger. We always get Pullman and Paxson mixed up. I think. <laughs> um, you and Earl just have so much fun. You just love it, right? Well, you know, working with Earl, he's he's the brains of the whole deal, and uh, you learn something from him every broadcast. And we've been together 32 years, and uh, I can't imagine doing it without Earl Austin Jr. He's just he's a friend, but but he's an unbelievable partner, and he takes. Being a partner, um, uh, he holds that dear. He, he, it means a lot to him to be a good partner. It's been great. What's your Billiken dream? A Final Four or even a Sweet 16 or just to have that moment for the program? Remember the movie The Natural? Wilford Brimley plays the manager. Remember what he, what he, what he, tells, uh, uh, he tells the assistant? He goes, uh, uh, Richard Farnsworth. He tells him, uh, I don't care about winning the World Series. I just want to get there just one time. For me... I just one time want to get to the second weekend, just once. And the and the beauty of that is you got all week to think about it, talk about it, and they knocked on the door three years in a row. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been close, been very close, but getting to that second weekend would would be fantastic. All right, next time I see Bob, I'll meet you down at Humphreys. It's back, baby. It is. It's been great, and uh, I've been several times pre and post, and uh, it feels like old times. They're doing a great job there. Hey, a lot of fun just to roll through some of those names. So many great players, and then some who were, you know, not top 10, but a Marquis Perry who had a great slew career. Uh, the debate there, Liddell and Lish, those two were really prominent towards the end of Brad Soderberg when Rick Majerus was coming in. Uh, just a ton of great players. It's fun to talk about it, and I love Rammer actually taking the homework. He had a sheet of paper in front of him, took the homework assignment seriously. And came up with his top 10. Kilquin Conversation from the Pasta House Studios. Can't recommend them enough. I guarantee there's one nearby, 18 area locations. And I love the fact they're not cookie cutter. Each restaurant has its own specific feel to it. Nice bar area. Food's outstanding. A lot of times the game's on, whether it's the summertime with the Cardinals or the Blues game. Really a great family atmosphere. Stop by and see our friends at the Pasta House. All your banking needs, one spot, that's Triad Bank. Tired of that big corporate bank feel when you walk in? First of all, there's nobody there, nobody in the lobby. And when they are, they're unfriendly. It's ridiculous. It's your money, it's your bank. They should be friendly in Triad Bank. The place to go for all your banking needs. B&G Tuck Pointing, remember our commercial at the beginning of the year? They rolled it out. Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo. They went with the young guys. And that's paid off big time. Those are the future stars of the Blues. They had some fun filming that commercial. Best in the bricks for all your tuck pointing needs. BG Tuck Pointing or 363-0525 would be the number to call. Marita Villa Senior Living. 
Great spot for your retirement years, senior living. They have a villa estate set up, assisted living, all the different levels of care right there at Marie Deville. And Appliance Discount is a long-time sponsor here of all things at Coin Conversation. Real simple. Get them on the web at theappliancediscounters.com. Thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you again soon.